Hello my friends and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is something slightly different, A because I'm releasing it a day early, but also B because it's Star Wars Rebels Reviewed Episode 2. So in short, myself, Math and Dave all go through the seasons of Star Wars Rebels and we review them, unsurprisingly. So this episode is being released on this feed and the feed of Comics in Motion. And there will be a video version released, I imagine, on the Sunday when the usual Genuine Chit Chat episode drops. So make sure you check out YouTube.com slash Genuine Chit Chat and you can find all the other crazy stuff I get up to, including all the Star Wars conversations I've had with certain Star Wars authors like George Mann, like Kevin Scott, like Kevin Shinnick, Claudia Gray loads of amazing people and I've had loads of conversations just about Star Wars in general and I've had loads of conversations that have nothing to do with Star Wars at all but checking out the YouTube channel is one of the best places to keep up to date with everything that I am up to as well as obviously following me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat. Now as I have released the same episode on the feed of Comics in Motion and on Genuine Chit Chat I'm releasing a extra bonus episode on my Patreon so go to patreon.com slash Genuine Chit Chat and for as little as £1 a month you'll get access to over 170 episodes of Afterthoughts that includes Star Wars Legends book reviews and plot overviews that includes TV and movie reviews. That includes myself and Megan talking about trips we've been on. Loads of great things like that. So if you want to support the show and get hours and hours of additional bonus content, you get at least one extra episode a week. Please consider going to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. If the monthly subscription is too much, but you still want to contribute financially, then fear not. You can go to coffee, which is ko-fi.com slash genuine chit chat. And you can give as little as one pound as a one-off payment and you'll still get episodes of Afterthoughts sent your way. And the more you donate, the more episodes of Afterthoughts I will send you. But friends, that's enough of me waffling at the start here. I will not be back at the end, so when the episode ends, it will just end as a standard one. And I'll be back next week with my 200th episode. It's going to be a Q&A episode, so question and answers. And on social media, I will be putting posts up so you can submit your questions and things. But if you don't want to wait until that, you can either private message me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can send me an email, or really use any of the details that are going to be in the show notes to this episode. And just contact me, send me your question, and then I will read it on air. And friends, make sure you keep an eye out for the Comics on Trial episode coming out within the next week, where it's myself, Scott Weatherly, and Tony Farina talking about Indiana Jones' Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I am the judge, Tony is the defender, and Scott is the prosecutor, and we are talking about if Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is worthy of the other three films. So that's going to be on the feed of Comics in Motion, and the video version will be on the YouTube channel of Genuine Chit Chat. So make sure you subscribe to all those amazing places and follow Scott and Tony on social media because they're both incredible people and check out their shows as well. But friends, enough from me. Thank you so much for listening as always, and I give you Rebels Reviewed Season 2. So we are here for Rebels Reviewed Season two had a little break because we had the Mandalorian series three discussion episodes going on every week. And then, you know, we had we've got a little bit of quiet time after Star Wars Visions as well. Had a little bit of a a couple of weeks to let that kind of fester. And we've got back on the Rebels review train trying to get Rebels finished before Ahsoka comes out in August. So that's now our own time limit. So we're going to try and do one of these every sort of month or a few weeks. And so season two of Rebels, this for me was the the season that when i watched it it completely changed rebels for me this was the you know mainly the last couple episodes um but joining me once again we've got two individuals the man who's seen it before once and the padawan as well who's never been on this journey before which is the main reason i'm excited because i just want to hear um after reactions but dave how are you doing today good sir what was it like re-watching rebels uh season two and this was your first rewatch of season two wasn't it that's right. So, hey, Mike, hey, Math. Um, So, you know, normally I'm quite organized with these things. And on this occasion, I wasn't. And so I, I knew we had this coming up. And I kept thinking, 
Yep, and he'd start it and just chip away at the season and just enjoy it like a fine wine. Uh, but no, I had to scoff it down like a Big Mac because I, <laughs> I kind of got to within a, a couple of days and I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to have to watch this half and half, 11 episodes a night, right? <laughs> Get the Rocky montage music on. <laughs> no pain, no pain, and just burn all the way through it. So so I have binged the crap out of this. And like you say, it's my first uh, rewatch, if you like. I, I'd been through it, and I'd, I'd been through it the first time as the first animated show. So I'd watched this before I'd watched Clone Wars, and it was really interesting in my binge, hazy memory now um, to go back because actually you get so much more from it having seen Clone Wars, like when I watched it the first time, I'm like, who's this old bugger Rex? I don't care about him kind of thing. Whereas, you know, you get a bit of love from him from the, from the Clone Wars. But also I was like a couple of episodes into this series and I was thinking, Oh God, I, I remember how much I like this. And, and it was solid, but it's going to be really hard to not just focus on the last two episodes <laughs> yes. because I think all the way through it is a solid, solid season. And even the kind of little side quest type episodes, I didn't mind so much, you know, in a, in a 20 odd episode season, you know, you, you've got to have some room to breathe there, but I quite like those. Um, but like I say the, the, the last two, uh, just amazing, but I, I can't say any more on that. We will we'll get, get to those. Uh, we won't, probably won't be able to go fully chronologically, but before we delve into that, math. So going into this, you're the newbie. You're the one that I'm most intrigued by because whenever I get people into Star Wars Rebels and wider Star Wars content, you know, I focus on the Vader 2017 comics and I focus on probably Lost Stars and the High Republic books, maybe Darth Bane, and then with, you know, watching stuff, it's Star Wars Rebels and now probably Andor as well. So Star Wars Rebels, this obviously... You, when you watched series one, that was the first time you really fully watched, like not in little bits and pieces, you actually fully committed and watched an animated show. And obviously the first season is clearly aimed at a slightly younger audience, but I feel like the show grows with the audience. And so on to series two. So how did you feel with all honesty? You don't have to sugarcoat it if you didn't enjoy it as much, but like throughout the series, how did you find it going into series two, the sort of middle episode? And obviously as we get to the end, We'll, we won't exactly talk about what happened in the end quite yet, but just how was your journey with this uh, series, especially compared to series one season? Season one, I, I really enjoyed it. It really got me into it. Um, going into season two, I realised how it seems a lot more mature than what... Um, that there's... Oh, well, of course, we're going to bounce around a bit. It doesn't sugarcoat things. Oh, am I going again? You you were a bit yeah you were freezing and stuff and your quality of your video has gone down ridiculously. Um, but while we wait for his return, he hasn't quite left yet. So, but with you, uh, Dave. So with series two compared to series one, like what did you? How did you find it? Kind of going through. I know you said there's not sort of side quests and things, but as a whole, well, I I think it's definitely more mature. Um, it almost takes a. I, Sorry to draw the comparison, but like Harry Potter, it takes a similar trajectory. Yeah. So where that started off and it was really quite um, childish, you could have, uh, childish is not a great word, but it's aimed at a younger audience is, is, you know, a better way to say it. You could imagine coming home from school and this being on the TV. Whereas probably 
straight from episode one, it sets its stall out. And I, again, I, it all just kind of blurred in my memory. But when Vader turns up straight away, you're like, I mean, he's just the best baddie in the in fantasy adventure, isn't he? It's just mm-hmm. just the best baddie. So when he turns up, you're like, oh, shit's going to go down. Um, but I liked how it, it kind of, uh, through the season, it tried to evolve those relationships. You know, again, it's still aimed at a younger audience, I feel, but it, it was definitely more mature. It tackled things that were more serious. And I felt like in Clone Wars, that that was already there, but that had like seven seasons to, to really, you know, find its feet. Hmm. Whereas this kind of um, just got darker as it went on. Yeah, and obviously you're going into this knowing where this goes from. And I would say that Series 2 for me, the finale, um, you know, which we keep teasing, the finale is just something that is some of my favourite bits in all of Star Wars. It's just, it's it's mind-blowing to me. And the funny thing is, as we get, I, I looked through the episodes of um, Series 3 and Series 4, because I remember certain bits, but I looked through them and I was like, there, there's, a, there's a banging episode every, like, couple episodes and even the ones that aren't like absolute top tier they're just like as you say they're just good episodes they're thorough like mm. there's a lot of parts of this that i re- that i enjoyed a lot more than i remember i mean even though i've watched this through twice now and i've re-watched certain parts like the fourth to last episode i think it was where they go to the jedi temple and they have those visions i mm. adored that uh, but math you have returned with in much higher in much higher um resolution as well can you hear us good sir yes i can hear you Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's what it's why I don't do live. It's why I don't do things live. Because, <laughs> like, I will eventually, at some point, do things live. But that is uh, one of the reasons uh, why. So, after a smidge of technical difficulties, Math is back. Here we go, Math. We've drum roll. It's going on. What did you think of Star Wars Rebels series two, the start to finish? How you started it, kind of, and how the journey took you, especially compared to season one. Please let us know. Right. After all that, if I turn around and say that I hate it and I don't want to come back, it's really going to annoy people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved it. I, I really did. I think from going from season one to season two, um, there is a few issues I had to start with, with mm-hmm. the uh, with how the characters what I felt there was a switch between Kane and, and Ezra. Ezra seemed to grow up very quickly. And Kinnan seemed to be a bit of a whiny bitch. And <laughs> he, he was quite frustrating. He just didn't seem to want to get on board with anything. He just wanted to complain. And it, it, it was getting a bit annoying at times. Um, I felt that he, him and Hera had issues all the time. They just seemed to be falling out. It just, it just seemed to take that Ezra role from the season one. Then as the season progresses, I think when we get to... He goes on a, a mission with Rex, and I think that's where the big twist is, where he, he turns and he actually he gets on board with things. But I do think for a... I know it's aimed at age six plus. It's, it does seem quite mature at times. They do show loss. They do show that the rebels are losing. They're losing pilots. They're losing spaceships. It's not sugar-coated. It's not kind of, oh, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. It's it's not that. It's very much kind of, you're on the losing side. And that, especially having having Vader in this as well, you know. I mean, there's issues there. I feel Ahsoka, this is my first, I, right, 
I've watched Mandalorian, so I've met Ahsoka before, but this is my first real introduction of Ahsoka. Um, I've not watched Clone Wars, which I think after watching this and once we get through the next two seasons, I'm going to go and watch Clone Wars because I'd like to know more about Ahsoka and that relationship that she obviously had with Anakin. Obviously, she lies to them all. She doesn't tell them who, who Vader is until further down the line. But I do feel that there is more of a maturity for this, this season. Everyone seems to grow up a lot more. Um, but yeah, as I say, I, I did have issues to start with. I did kind of think, oh, Kanan's really going to get to me. And then there is that turning point. And then at the very end, which we won't talk about last two episodes yet, there's a major thing with Kanan there, which I kind of, it, it shows how much he's grown. And it was a coming of age of both of them, I think, for the season. I do feel Zeb took a big step back this season. Mm-hmm. Hera seemed to kind of step forward a little bit more. There's obviously there's a major episode with her in this, um, her and her father, which I think, again, I'd like to know a bit more about that. I'm hoping further down the line we're going to learn a bit more there. But again, this season left me with lots of questions. And I know, speaking with you, you've said they will answer them by the end. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's there's lots of little things in here that I've just... It, it, that Leonardo DiCaprio mean where you point at the screen and go, oh that I want to know that I want to see that I know that bit and yeah it's just to the point I, I once we probably finish this I'll probably start season three this week um, so I'm going to blast through that fairly quickly because as I say it's for a children's cartoon so so to speak it seems as good I mean I love Dandor but I'm enjoying this just as much it's it's one of those and the series get better i'd say as well i will say the finale of this is in my opinion one of the greatest pieces of content in entirety of star wars in every single level of it and it's hard to top that but there are episodes that i would say are even to this so it's not just downhill from here it's actually uphill if you can believe it and it's one of those things i always say to people it's one of the reasons i want to do the show is just because rebels is probably the the show that the least amount of people watch aside from like resistance but i I don't rate that show as much but like rebels is phenomenal it's some of the best star wars that exists and clone wars is also phenomenal but i find the problem is with clone wars you have to watch the clone wars movie that isn't that good and then series one which is really slow apart from like six episodes then series two is pretty good it's got some quite highs and then you get to sort of series three and four uh, where some major antagonists come into play and series four of clone wars is absolutely phenomenal as is a series five is great so is series six and then series seven the finale of that is some of the best styles exists as well it's just and the thing is with it is clone wars you have to watch so much and i always want to push people to watch rebels first because although there are elements that you would want to know about for example you know ahsoka and rex and other and uh hera and her father like certain elements of those you want to know more about them but when you go back and watch them in Clone Wars, what I found is when you watch Clone Wars the first time, it's much harder to get into things, but also you don't have that connection to Ahsoka immediately. I find, I think in this show, it shows you who she becomes. And then you're like, oh, it, it, for me, it's like it's like the, the way a lot of people actually want to watch the films is you watch the originals first, then you go back to a prequel, then you kind of 
go on. And I think it's similar with Rebels. I think Rebels is the best animated Star Wars. I think it's some of the best Star Wars. And I think if I'm trying to get someone into animated Star Wars, Rebels is the place to begin. Because especially with all the uh, original trilogy connections, even from series one, but in this, we had Lando in it. We obviously have Vader. We have Leia come into it. Like we have these things which don't take away from the plot and they're not just boring cameos. They add to the lore of Star Wars while having a driving force and a reason for all of the characters and all of the things that are going on in the plot. So because of those elements, I just... Series 2 is something I'm always excited about because, yeah, there's the slower parts. But as you say, Math, with Ezra and Kanan, their growth as Master and Apprentice, you know, the way they both change together, and it's encapsulated in one of the final episodes where they do they do things in tandem. They stop kind of fighting against each other. And I think that this is a series of growth. The first series was an introduction. This is of growth. Series three is more a series, and this is no spoiler or anything, but for growth for some of the characters that we didn't get to see quite as much uh, in this. In the Ghost crew, you know, Ezra and Kanan have been quite front-facing and stuff. We've had a bit about Hera, but we haven't had as much about Sabine and Zeb. We've had little snippets. We've had little tastes, but their stories get more flushed out as we go on, while the others still get a lot to go on. Obviously, how the series ended and things, there's, there's a lot to it. So I want to ask you, um, Dave, apart from the finale... Were there any moments or things that kind of stuck out to you that you either did or didn't enjoy in this series, in this kind of watch? I think the one thing I I do really enjoy, I have to say, is the fact that it's all the original Star Wars sound design, you know, so it, it all feels like the movies, you know. So again, you just get used to watching live action stuff, don't you? And so watching a, a, cartoon essentially you know it takes my brain a a little while to recalibrate my expectations but i think the music and and the not just the music but the sound effects as well i think because they're so good it just immerses you in that star wars world again and so that's um i think that's really good one of the things and i'm going to mention it now just because i'll probably forget it by the time we get nearer to the end of the season I was saying about I like some of the um, the quieter episodes. One of the episodes I really like is the Forgotten Droid, which gets slated on uh, IMDb. I am sure. Well, it's seven point four. Okay, so not not really slated, but you know, you look at the previous episode, uh, the Shroud of Darkness, that gets a nine point one. But I just loved that interaction between Chopper and the Droid. And you're saying about the um, it being more mature. I think the great thing that this show does, I think a kid can watch it and enjoy, you know, the things that are happening on the screen and the, the silly things that are happening. But, you know, it's still talking about, oh, you know, this was part of the... the uh, um, the alliance or this these were separatists before or something and it's making all these callbacks so it is properly in the canon you know it's not just throwaway i I remember when i was a kid they they had a cartoon called droids but a lot of this stuff was just absolutely throwaway it didn't matter not nothing of weight ever happened whereas here you feel like it it did and and like i say just getting back to that forgotten droid episode i mean it was basically a c-3po alan rickman wasn't it it was almost alan rickman out of uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Marvin. if you ever said megan Mar- said the exact the same paranoid thing. android and he's so fucking miserable AP5. i love it yeah and i tell you what i'd forgotten 
that when he kind of makes his sacrifice and, and, you know, for a moment you think he's dead, I was genuinely gutted, you know, and then he comes around and then he, he starts getting annoyed at Chopper. He's like, that's, that's a waste that is. I'm like, ah, oh, that's more of the C3PO coming out. So no, I, I love that episode, but there were all different ones. We've seen about Zeb and I, I agree. He's kind of got a little bit of a backseat, but you did get to explore, you know, you got hints, at his past and you know his responsibilities uh you know that, that he feels like he fell short of and you know uh, he meets the the other um Lassats. species Lassats, that's the one um and he's kind of disappointed with where they've gone and so i, I think there are little clues about zeb's character there and actually i remember i was, I was listening to I can't remember who's on with you, the Andor episode, because when I saw him pop up in Andor, I was like, holy fucking shit, it's Zeb. <laughs> I was going nuts. And in the episode, you were just like, yeah, there was a Zeb cameo or something. And I was like, wow, I was going fucking nuts. <laughs> so I love Zeb. I think he's great. Zeb is incredible. Um, and so, Mav, what did you think of some of the newer characters? We've got obviously AP5, as Dave mentioned. What do you think about him? And then from there, what do you think of sort of Rex and uh, Ahsoka and any of the other characters that have kind of got more of a front seat? AP5, it was it, one of those characters that all of a sudden, we only knew him for, what, 20 minutes? It's about 23 minutes episode. And you don't realise how much you kind of start to feel for him. And that, and that point when he makes that sacrifice... You, you kind of think, is that the is that it? And I actually felt really bad for him then. I thought, you know, it, what Dave was saying, I think what's good about this is there's so many familiarities to uh, episode three, four, and five. You've kind of got Chopper and AP5, which is R2-D2 and C-3PO, and that there's so many little elements throughout this season that you kind of link to the other films that have been out there. It's like, you know, I want to get into it later, but Ezra is very much Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, especially a certain thing right at the very end, the, there's an eye colour change. And that they're the walking this fine line and the people have complained that sometimes they have retold the story of, you know, how many Death Stars have we had? And that they're doing it in this, but in a better way. And that they are kind of retelling certain characters with new characters, but giving a better spin on it. As I say, we've got Chopper and AP5, which is like a C3PO. And, and again, we only knew him for a sh- short time, and obviously he's joined them now, but you really did feel for him. And that, and especially, you know, the point when he says, he's my friend. And you think, wow, that that's such, you know, Chopper's reached out. Mean, Chopper's reached out to him and he's realised that I've got a friend here and it's amusing. Chopper's just beeps and boops. So AP5's doing all the talking. So it's just one, it's a narrative that's going through, but it, it works so well. I think that's what I2D2 and C3PO really worked well because there was a conversation and though it's a bit like I'm grouped, you know, everyone knows what I'm grouped means and that, you know, they all seem to understand that language. We listen to R2-D2 or Chopper and you get to the point where you kind of understand what he's saying because of how the, you know, this, how, how the other characters are talking back to you and, and then words are kind of fitting into your head. 
what you say about them is completely right. I, I agree. And it's it's one of those great things, certain characters that can really strike a chord even when they don't really have much dialogue. But a character that I'm intrigued by your opinion of is Rex, because did you have any idea who Rex was or anything like that going into the show? Vaguely. Uh, I, I'm aware of there is the Bad Batch. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm aware that people have mentioned Rex before. So I don't know who he is really. But I'm aware that there is a show about him, which again, this will be something that I'll have to try to get into at some point. But they just this last month or so has been taken up by Star Wars, whether I'm either watching Rebels, Young Young Jedi uh, with my youngest son, uh, been playing the Star Wars game. It, it just seems to be everything Star Wars at the moment. Wrong with that? And I feel that's going to be my life for the next six months. Trying to catch everything up. Yep. It gets you. <laughs> it, it, it does. It, it, it's nice, the fact... Growing up, um, Star Wars came out when, kind of just before I was born, but I, I grew up and that's kind of what what I was into. Um, there's a big break and then we get episode one, two and three, which they're not as bad as what I first kind of remember them being and that, but there's been big gaps and it's nice to kind of feel that I can go back to and I feel like I'm going back to my childhood and enjoying them that way again and with so much that's coming out you know even to the point I've started reading the comics um, and that that there's a lot more Star Wars out there than what sometimes you realise and now fortunately there's certain people that um, that you know a certain person I know who kind of keeps pestering me about it also and that (laughs) But that, that's why we're doing this podcast, because, you know, we, you, you want to share, you want to bring people into this universe, so, you know, because there's, there's so much there, and it's not just the Star uh, Skywalker or Vader. I know that Rebels has, obviously it has Vader in it this, this season, but I think they use him really well. He, he's there, he, he's scary, he, you know, you realise how scary he is, Um we had that in Obi One where there was a point where going to Obi One um, when he killed the child, you realise how dark Darth Vader is. Through this season, you realise that Vader he was taking no business. Mm-hmm. It, it, and although Kanan and, and even Ezra at the point when she when he says like I'm not scared of you and that, um, and and Vader even comments he says well you know you'll die but with a bit more respect. <laughs> You'll die you know, braver than most. That way, yeah. Um, you realise that he is dark. You know, a lot of people remember Vader because he does that flip it. You know, he switches it and he, he saves Luke at the end. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Vader's not a good guy. He's really not a good guy. And that... Um, Again, reading the comics, there's things going through there which um, I'm starting to see a different side of Vader as well. But although he, you know, he's following what the Empress is telling him, he's also trying to work out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that are going to replace him, so he decides to, you know, take out six people, <laughs> which he nearly does. Uh, but yeah, it, it's like, like I said before, it's quite mature. There's a lot more going on in this season and if you're saying the seasons get better and better and that you know i mean i i can't wait to get into season three and that um because it, it, i felt this ended 
on a bit more of a cliffhanger and more of a of what's to come. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the, I think you I think your question was who, who are the new characters that I really enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rex, yeah, I, I love Rex. Wolf was a bit of a dick, but I got why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who the third one. Gregor. Gregor. He just seemed a bit of a bumbling fool, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't come with Rex. I thought they would have done, but um, but that was a good episode. It, again, I don't really, I've heard of the characters, but I don't really know them, but I've enjoyed Rex's, I think he's been a good addition to the crew because I think he made Kane and see things in a better way. And that, um, unfortunately, he may not see things as well anymore. And that, <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think they needed him in there to bring Kanan out of this slump that he seemed to have gone into. But I'm not sure why he he just seemed to be a petulant child. Hmm. And that, well, I, I don't want to join the rebellions. You know, I don't want to do it. He just seemed to be, you know, dragging his feet all the time. And I, I don't know why. Um, and then, then there's a switch, and now he's really pushing Ezra. The, there's a there's a line where him and Ezra are, are training, and Kinnan has to go at him about turning his back on him. He says, "You know, you never turn your back on your enemy." He's like, "You're not my enemy," but you know, I don't know if that's something that will come further down the line that maybe they'll end up having to fight each other and that. But he he's really pushing Ezra so much. But it, it, again, it's good to see these two now working with the force powers. You know, that there's the the spider base one where they use their force powers to push uh, Sabine and that, which maybe push her a bit too far. Um, but again, it's good to see them both working together, that, you know, which, to be fair, we, we've not really seen Jedi's working together that much. Uh, I'm sure there are, you know, in Clone Wars, obviously we've got Obi-Wan and, and Anakin who are working together, but I've not seen that. So it's nice to see this different aspect of the Jedi. I'm trying to think. Uh, there is Kestra. Is it Kestra? Oh, the... Um, uh, the is it Sabine's the, friend? The, Sabine's friend. I've got her name written down somewhere in my absolutely gigantic barrel of notes, um, but I can't find it at the moment i can't remember exactly what her name was but yes the friend of i'll look it up in a sec her, her the friend of sabine she's a yeah she's in the one episode isn't she and then she comes back a little bit sort of towards yeah. the end has kind of turned it's it's that's like one of those teasers i think that with with this show as well what it does in a lot of what we've seen it's been teasing stuff you know we've had you know i think one thing one episode i really enjoyed was the zeb focus episode as, as dave said about the um, the lasat people because again yeah, this show, um, although it's okay for six plus, I think the the eight, the demographic is probably around ten to twelve year olds. I'd say in general, that was kind of the the first thought when making this, and it kind of grows as as you go on. But even then, this genocide is mentioned more than once. You've got the genocide of Zeb's people, the Lassar, and that's like a really dark, horrendous thing that they do lightly kind of talk about. And then you've also got Geonosis where they go there and they can't find any life signs. And there's these rumors that where the Geonosians gone, they could have just wiped out anything. And that you don't know yet what that's all about. You know, there's, and with, you know, the Lassat people, there's a little bit more there. And there's just all these, all these little threads 
that are slowly being sort of plucked and things and there's just so many different elements that i just i enjoyed so much of this and watching it again is just so much fun and you know you've got the b-wing that's introduced as well sorry go ahead math the genus that has been mentioned in a different show it got mentioned in andor Mm -hmm. um and names in Gino, in Andor, I think it's only a passing mention. Um, yeah, well, it's mentioned that there's the mass uh, genocide uh, wiping out of them all. Um, that's the Gormans, I think, and that's a slightly... That's calm, I thought. It's, it's something similar to Geonosian, but it's not quite right. the same. Um, but it gets... Again, there's a lot of Clone Wars connection to this. It's another reason right. I like to show the... Uh, it's got a definite connection to Andor, but I think Andor Series 2 is going to have a lot more connections to Rebels than this because the mass the massacre of it's something like the gormans i'll have to double check what it's called um but it's, it's not quite the genosians um but dave um we'll we'll, go, we'll have one more little bit and then we'll delve into the, the finale um but dave obviously I, I just want to ask with your when you watch clone wars and things did you like the order in which watching rebels and then clone wars or did you like after hindsight like would you have preferred to watch Clone Wars first out, out of interest? Because I'm intrigued because I can't remember the exact order I watched it. I think I tried Clone Wars, wasn't a fan. Watch Rebels, that got me into animation more and then I went back. So I've kind of forced everyone to do what I wanted to do. But yeah. with you, because obviously you're more of an original trilogy fan, but the pre- the Clone Wars make the prequels better. Like, What are your kind of thoughts around that element? And you've just very quickly made the point that I was going to make to Math because I, I don't know if we've spoken about this, but... If and I'm pleased, you know, you you want to go back to Clone Wars. Honestly, I, I'm an original trilogy person. Was disappointed by the the prequels. Clone Wars makes the prequels better. It absolutely does. It makes you enjoy what's going on. It's a more decompressed storytelling because if you think about it, you go from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. You know, Rogue One was sort of a, a a standalone side kind of mission, but but that through line. So it's a massive leap to go from there, and it kind of explains more before Revenge of the Sith and a little bit sort of into it. And it, it just, it honestly, it made me like the prequels more. But to Mike's point, uh, am I glad or or would I have? watched it in a different way well I, t- I tried to watch the well no i did watch the clone wars uh movie and would not recommend that to anyone um unless you do i mean matthew you've got a, a little in there that is probably the right age it is if you think about how uh young the audience must have been for season one to get enjoyment so like you say six plus ten whatever it is the the clone wars movies younger than that really and and it's not there's not much in there or i didn't find much for an adult so that put me off clone wars completely because i just thought well that if that's it <laughs> i'm not going to that again and i think it was through you mike that, that was saying about rebels i was like right okay i'll, I'll give this a go and i think after about episode three i seem to remember you you forget the fact that it's animated and so i think the fact that uh so I'd, yeah watch clone wars first then rebels then the clone wars series i'm quite happy apart from I, I could take or leave the movie watching rebels before clone wars i think rebels is a more consistent and and obviously it's shorter it's less daunting it's just four seasons so quite happy that i did that and also you, you're thinking well where does this happen in the timeline so even though 
having watched Clone Wars before, it rewards you because, you know, like Ahsoka, Rex turning up and whatever, it rewards you for those cameo characters that come in. But I think I, I'm I'm okay with watching Rebels before Clone Wars. And again, what it means is when I've watched Clone Wars and all the all the seasons now and come back to rewatch Rebels, I get more from it than I did the first time. Mm-hmm. And did you notice, um, this is a deep cut and this will mean nothing to math, so I'm sorry, but did you notice Morai, the um, the bird in the finale? No. <laughs> okay, well, it's, it's to do with the Mortis arc of uh, Clone Wars, that's why the, the the Force Gods, so it's to do with that. Right, but, uh, right. It actually okay. does show up, um, Morai does actually show up in Mandalorian as well, in live action. It's, uh, I feel like you could watch through these entire series three to four to five times and notice bits each time. I, I think there's so much going on. It, it really is so well thought out. Uh, and the fact that it can get so much into it and be, you know, uh, as it is and pander to a, a younger audience as well. It's an amazing job they've done. It is. It's incredible, and I'm so happy that you've both been enjoying it. And uh, the Morai is a convore. It's a green green bird um, sort of thing. But uh, don't worry, it'll come up again. But one more thing, actually, I realized I didn't mention, uh, which is a character that I'm very excited for Math to have met, which is a very underrated character, and is actually one of my favorite characters in anything. I know who you're going to say. It's Hondo yeah. Onaka. <laughs> what did you think of the pirate Hondo Onaka? Amazing. What a dick. This dialogue is some of the best in the whole show. It's just incredible. It's amusing the fact that he is just happy to play both sides, and that and that I think in might be the third time we meet him. There's a bit where he helps him out, and then thirty seconds later, he's telling the stormtroopers where he's gone, and then he's locking it, and he just flipped both sides, and he walks away with both sides thinking he's done him a favor. <laughs> And that he's just he's just so amusing, um, and the fact that he, he he's he's such a selfish character, but it it works really well for him, and it works for everybody else. To be fair, and everyone else again, he he's such a brilliant con man because everyone just walk away thinking, well, well, he's just helped us, so he's a good guy, and that. But yeah, I, I, he's one of the other things that I've written down. Though there is something else I do want to talk about. Do it. The Purgles. Yes. That yes. was... You say that the, the, the last two episodes are something special, but I really, really enjoyed the Purgle episode. Still don't really understand exactly what's going on there. Again, this is another one where you say it'll sort itself out. But <laughs> I don't know whether him touching the Purgles, when Ezra touched the Purgles, whether it's like it's unlocked something in him or something boss he's able to talk to the animals now Dr. Doodle um, but that connection that he seems to have got I think that was one of the things that also changed Ezra he's, he'd already grown up a fair bit but now he is so much into the cause um, even with the spider creatures he kept trying because he, th- th- this is where there's a bit of con- conflict with him because although we do see that I think when he touches in the last last episode or the second to last episode when he touches the uh, the pyramid and it unlocks it all mm. uh, for the Sith Temple, 
obviously there's a dark side to Ezra, but he's also seemed to be fighting because there's a light side to him of, of not wanting to fight as well, which I, I think that's that's the Anakin kind of thing there. There's, you know, Anakin was, I think he was too easily swayed in the films. That obviously he went from being such a nice guy to I'm just going to kill a lot of young ones. You know, it's like when he kind of comes out, little kid says, Is there something, uh, uh, Master Skywalker, is there something wrong? Oh, <laughs> right, okay. So, um, honestly, it does such a better job because it is a massive switch, isn't it? It's like, Oh, I'm wrestling with my feelings. Let's massacre a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's completely out of context. It, it didn't really make sense. You watch and the that. Clone Wars and you get to see the gradual changing of perspective of right. Anakin and how he does certain things that he shouldn't be doing, but they yield the results that everyone wants and mm. the struggle he has as the Clone Wars rage on for three years, because that's how long they're on for. And with the growth thing of Ezra as well is that each season of the Clone Wars is loosely a year. So although the finale of the last episode and this kind of connected between each episode there's normally been several days if not weeks unless they specifically say yesterday blah 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 happened so these uh 22 episodes if you think a bit about it's like one or two weeks per episode that's about a year so it's very it's a progressive thing and you see these characters change and you see yeah kanan change his tune uh both harry's teaching ezra but also his uh him with rex but yet you see ezra's growth because he in the first series he was really struggling to connect with uh animals and then and that's one thing that the sith can't really do they can't connect they can force an animal to do its will but they can't really connect with an animal in the same way it's one of the the kind of things about it and with ezra in this series as time goes on he connects with more and more and as you say Matthew's trying to connect the spider things are called the Kripkner Kripkner horrible things they're not dissimilar to what you see in Mandalorian uh, because both the Mandalorian uh, season 2 episode 2 spider creatures in that and this are both based on Ralph McQuarrie concept art and in fact there's a little scene when you see Ezra in the like last episode, second to last, saying goodbye to Zeb before he goes off with Kanan and Ahsoka Uh, actually I think it's the end of the third episode Um, Zeb has got a poster um, where he's got his like he's leaning back and he's listening to music and stuff um, and he's looking over the sunset there's a poster which is actually Ralph McQuarrie concept art it's uh which is quite fun um but there's so many elements of this like with the Pergil stuff I love it. it you know Megan loves that episode as well that's one of her favorites because it's it's very whale orientated very much like the ocean and it's this connection thing and just Ezra growing as a person and growing his connection to the force and being able to use it in different ways and you can see Kanan is like he's slowly evening to where Kanan's kind of is because Kanan never got that formal training and things and Ezra's quite strong in the force and seeing them together is just it's amazing it's one of my favorite Star Wars duos and when you see Clone Wars and things you will see a lot of that kind of dynamic in a different way and it's just amazing but before we get to the finale Dave what do you think of I wonder because I haven't asked about you uh, of Hondo Anaka or anything else um, before we delve into the finale so, I mean, Hondo, I just can't get behind him. He's such a knob. And I, I, I think I enjoyed his character more this time because I kind of know where he's coming from. But I just, I don't like the, the, those type of characters. But I mean, I guess he is such a chancer, isn't he? You know, he's just out for himself. And, you know, I, I thought Ezra, you know, he seemed to be wrestling with, you know, 
does he like him or not? But, you know, he's just absolutely taking him for a ride as much as possible, you know? So I, I, I just, I know there's a lot of love for Hondo and what he brings and stuff, but I just, yeah, I can't get behind him. What I want to say, actually, before we get into the um, into the finale, another one of my favorite episodes was the Honorable Ones. And that was where, you know, it's basically a survival episode for Zeb and Callus. Mm. And I really like that. I like the fact that they, the enemy, oh, no, I guess that's not, not the, uh, what is that? The enemy mine. Do you remember that one, Math? I do. It's, it's strange that, yes, that, that was my pick for the VHS. Yeah. Was it your pick, was it? Yeah. Oh, it is very much enemy mine. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to mention, because that was quite an interesting, sorry to jump in. Uh, no, that was quite an interesting one because you see uh, Callus, he looks like he's changing his mind on what he believes. And, I mean, I, you know, whether that comes into play further down the line, but there does seem to be a, a bit of a, maybe, it, it's it's like that meme, are we the bad guys? And that, <laughs> it, it, it are we the baddies? Kind, yeah. He seemed to have that though. He seemed to kind of think, hang on a minute, Maybe what I've been sold is wrong. And maybe, you know, what these guys are doing. Zeb is very honourable. Zeb could have killed him several times. And even Zeb says, look, if we're going to fight, I want you at full, you know, full capacity. I don't want to just wipe the floor with you. Um, And I think that's left quite a lasting impression on Callus now. Again, I don't know what's going to come of that, if whether they do do something with it or not. Um, but it it was a it was a nice episode. The fact that again, it's character development there in this little animation and that. But it's it's you know it it stays with you. There's twenty odd minutes of something that kind of things. You know, it makes you rethink a lot of things there. It makes you rethink how callous actually is. Is he as much of a bad guy as what he was? You know, he, he he's come across all the time as, you know, he, he took out the Lasarts and he, he was uh, this big warrior, but now he's questioning everything, um, which is, is what the season seems to be doing. It seems to... It answers things and it's thrown out even more questions for me to kind of think, well, what's going to happen next? You know, and, you know, that, that's why I kind of want to get into season three, to be honest. Very quickly. <laughs> it's like, guys, finish up the conversation. I want to go watch it now. Sorry, is there anything else you want to add? And I want to throw in a word here that we haven't talked about as well. It's Mandalorian stuff as well. Yeah. So, I mean, just on that point there, I mean, I, I genuinely think if you didn't have Rebels, you wouldn't have got Andor. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, especially in that original trilogy, there's very little grey that's explored. You know, it's very much the light side and the dark side and and, and that's it. Um and these kind of episodes, you know, both sides, both Zeb and Callus, both think they're doing the honorable and right thing. You know, and they're not doing it just to be arseholes or because they're inherently evil, but on the sides that they're on, that's kind of the message that they're they're understanding, you know, from their environment and stuff. So I, I do think it was a really clever episode. And so, I, like I say, I I don't actually have the the um 
the memory where I remember where Callus's arc goes. So I, I can get to enjoy where that goes. But I, again, it does seem to have planted the seeds there. Um, the other thing that I think Math actually mentioned about Ahsoka lying, I thought it was a little bit ambiguous. I thought when in those, uh, it was in the first couple of episodes, wasn't it? She seemed to realize that it was Anakin. But then when she was asked, did you know who it was? She was like, no. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure I believe you. And, and it wasn't really conclusive whether it was one way or the other. But I was def- I definitely left that second episode thinking, yeah, she's she's hiding something there. But um, no, like I say, really, really solid season all the way through, just outshone by the last couple of episodes. I do think uh, we've, we've we've hardly mentioned it really. Ahsoka is such a big thing in this season, and how much of a badass she really is. You know, when when she takes on the uh, fifth brother and seventh sister so easily, and that. But then um, I didn't realize she's not a Jedi anymore. She's denounced that now. I, I don't know again whether that's something. I don't know if Ahsoka is going to appear further down the line or not. Because I do remember seeing something where I think Vader goes back to the temple where I'm assuming what we're going to get into with what happened with Ahsoka. And he finds a lightsaber, but no Ahsoka. But I do know that obviously with Andor, yeah, no, Mandalorian. Mandalorian, going to appear there. Again, the timeline's a little bit all over the place. Um, I did see a map earlier, and I thought, oh, that explains things a bit better, and I forgot what it was now. <laughs> I know this is all before the Battle of Yavin. Battle of Yavin, but yeah, yeah pretty close. But yeah, it's it's one of those with... Um, Ahsoka is a badass. She can take on, like, anyone. And uh, if you watch Clone Wars, you get to see why um, and things. But I will not confirm or deny anything that you've just said <laughs> of any of your predictions. That's not, not what I'm going to do. Um, such a great line, though, isn't it? Such such a great line where she just says, "I'm no Jedi," you know, because they think they're safe. They're like, "Oh, honorable Jedi." Nope. Guess again. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the book Ahsoka, which I have behind me here, um, and it explains how she gets her white lightsabers as well. Um, so, and I give you a hint: it's from beating an Inquisitor. So it's it's one of the it's shown in the Tales of the Jedi as well. Because you haven't seen those, have you, Math? The Tales of the Jedi shorts. I started watching them, but again, the the problem is that there's so much to watch. Uh, because then I started watching Visions because I thought, oh, I'll see if I can catch up with the Visions before you did the Visions episode. But then it's just trying to balance everything. I thought, I'd, I'd, yeah. let's get Rebels done. And then, because there's a Rebel shorts as well, so there's like six, pr- seven episodes. Don't watch them. They were, they're, oh. they're intros. You know the young Jedi Adventure shorts? They're like the yeah. preview for before the show comes out. So then one of them is just like a three-minute thing about Ezra like stealing fruit. It's just right. a little <laughs> tiny way to introduce the characters. If you watch that after finishing all of Rebels, it, you'd be like, what is that? Right. So no, the, the shorts are just little... Uh, preview things um, but I wanted to note as well one of my favourite elements of this I, I touched upon it earlier was um, the so the, the third to last episode Mystery of Chopper Base that's pretty good I did enjoy that one but the one before that um, where they go to the Jedi Temple I didn't write down the episode names but then the three of them go off and they go back to Lothal and they open up the temple and they find another entrance and they go in there and they all have different force visions 
and I am a sucker for two things in Star Wars. One of them is Force Visions, and the other thing is Order 66 montages. I don't care. I know people complain about them. I don't give a shit. More. I want I want every single Jedi that have been named. I want to see how they survived Order 66. You know, I want to see who, Quinn, Quinn. Who complains about Order 66? Online, a lot of people say, when really? it was in, yeah, when it was in Mando, they're like, do we need more Order 66 montages? Um, yes. Loads. Loads of people online <laughs> saying it, and I'm like, no. No one knows. I want more. I want Quinn and Voss's survival story. I want every Jedi that we've not seen been killed yet. Um, I want to see how they survived. But that and Force Vision stuff, like there's there's an episode arc specifically in Clone Wars all about Yoda and Force Visions, and it's very intense, and I love it. And there's a whole Force God episode as well, which is an arc, and it's incredible. And there's loads of Force Vision-related things in that. I love those elements of Star Wars. I love the idea. And in that episode, you got to see all three people have different visions they needed. You had Ezra talking to Yoda, and I love seeing Yoda in Star Wars. I think whenever they bring him back, they always use him tastefully. I think in the sequel trilogy, when he's in The Last Jedi, perfect. I think when he's in Rebels in this season, this episode, and then in season one, perfect use of him. Small, mild, he's still on Dagobah, he's just reaching out with the Force because he's so powerful, and it's in little ways... He's finding ways to help and still train the future generation of Jedi. Because that's what Yoda was doing for hundreds of years. Like, you read the High Republic stuff, apart from going on a couple of detours, he is training younglings. That's what everyone's been trained by Yoda at some point. That's the general idea of the last nine or probably the last six, seven hundred years of the Jedi from Skywalker Saga backwards. And so Ezra Ezra gets that. And Kanan, he gets his own training, you know, with you don't always have to fight Sometimes you have to not fight, and that's how you win. And then that's a, sort of a link to what happened in the finale as well. And with Kanan's Force Vision, he he went to, like he has a Force Vision of going to the Jedi Temple and fighting off Jedi Temple Guards and seeing the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, who used to be a Jedi Temple Guard, and, and kind of fight this Force Vision of him and learn these lessons. And that comes back in the end of this episode. And you get Ahsoka... That's the episode where she was trying to deny the fact she could sense Anakin and Vader. She was trying not... She, she. I don't think she specifically knew. I think that she didn't want to believe it. You know, like if you hear a friend has been, you know, done for murder, essentially. He's been like, oh, you hear in the news a friend of yours you haven't seen in a little while. If they've been arrested for something horrendous, you're like, really? Oh, there's that... Especially if they're very close to you, there's a part of you that's like, that couldn't be it. And when you see Clone Wars and things and you see Ahsoka and Anakin's relationship... There is so much there, and so her denying it, you can cut. You get a lot better sense of what that's all about, and I think that's going to be explored in the Ahsoka series as well, to a degree. I have a theory, but about that, but I'll get into that in the finale of of Rebels Read, or maybe a little preview episode of uh, Ahsoka. I haven't figured it out, but I have thoughts. But like, it's when in this episode, the one I'm referring to with the Force visions, she has the vision and she can't escape it. And the Force, the Temple, everything is literally saying to her. Anakin is Darth Vader. Stop looking away from it. You have to accept this. And she screams out, and then she's just there by herself. And you just get that moment, and you're like, oh, she she can't look away. And then she leaves the temple, and just as she leaves, she turns and sees Yoda, and they give each other a little nod. And because Maff, she knew Yoda as well, fairly well. So there's all these layers of things of, like, you want to get to know Ahsoka more? Clone Wars is, has got your back, you know, it's those sort of things. So I just want to ask what your both your opinions were on that uh, Temple episode, and then we'll get into the finale. Keep te- keep teasing the finale, just like this season teases other Star Wars content. Clone Wars over here, Future Rebels here, what else have we got going? But, um, Math, what did you think? Uh, well, actually, 
No, I'll go for Dave first, and then Maff, I'll come to you about the finale. Dave, what did you think of the three uh, Jedi uh, visions and stuff, and that episode in general? Yeah, it was good, and it goes to the point I was saying before about like the music being the same, the re- some of the relationships you know, being very familiar as well. And this one, <clears throat> you know, its roots were in the the uh, Dagobah scene, weren't they, in Empire Strikes Back? You know, this this is almost inspired by that. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. Uh, I think, was that the one where, I think, Kanan, the room he was in, I thought, Christ, that looks like the Matrix. You know, when Neo <laughs> learns Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i think i i hadn't really joined that up yeah so so maybe you're right maybe ahsoka didn't really know you know or, or she kind of felt it you know that that anakin was vader but didn't want to believe it Not until that to moment yeah and that's the yeah, end of the series. True. That's a lot with the series, I think. Like, a lot of people... Like, Obi-Wan, the finale in Obi-Wan... Spoiler alert, but I imagine pe- most people listening to this have seen that. The finale of Obi-Wan, you have Vader and Obi-Wan fight again. And it, the battle is... Re- it's amazing. You know, it's not perfect, but it's amazing. And visually, the way they do the lights and things is absolutely incredible. Mm. And people praise that. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's great. But Rebels did it first, okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear here. Rebels did it first uh, in the finale. So, Math, if you are okay for us... We're going to delve into the finale unless there's anything else you want to add before. Yeah, that, that um, well, this will go into, let's go back to that because the, mm-hmm. what they're doing, what happens in Kenobi with the, the fight between Obi-Wan and, and Vader, it happens here with Ahsoka and Vader. And I watch it and think, oh, that's so much like that. And then you realize, no, this is all before. And they're retelling stories over and over again, but in better ways. Uh, although I do think the the fight with Ahsoka is probably a bit better than the fight that Kenobi has. Um, Ahsoka is again; she is just so good, and that um, considering she's up against Anakin was her master, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, considering she's up against a master, and, and even the the fight. I mean, Vader, uh, uh, are we just going to go straight into the... Do you want to start off into the... I'll start yeah, at the beginning, um, yeah. if, if you're willing. Uh, we can yeah, kind of r- rewind back, and we'll start so this the, the finale thing. And I will say, Math, just for your own re- reference, anyone else who's listening along, um, with Rebels, my recommendation would be watch all of Rebels, then watch all of Clone Wars, then watch Tales of the Jedi, the six episodes there about Dooku and Ahsoka, then watch Bad Batch, just in case I forget to say that in the future, okay? So Rebels, Clone Wars, Tales of the Jedi, Bad Batch. Tales of the Jedi is easy, it's only six episodes, and I'm quite short. But so this, the, the the two-part finale of this, Twilight of the Apprentice, you know, it's about Ahsoka, Kanan, and Ezra going to Malachor, the Sith homeworld. And on the way there, Kanan says, Kanan and Ahsoka talk about it, it's like, it's only in Legends. And they go, oh, well, there's, you know, there's some truth in Legends. And I think that's like, oh, because this is around the time that the Disney canon reset was going on. So I like to think, you know, and also Dave Filoni always takes stuff from Legends. I say takes, he uses it. It's what it's there for, you know. it's It's got its own continuity, but any Legend stuff can be, become canonized as long as it fits in with the new canon so there's little elements of that and sith stuff hasn't really been explored in the canon very much and this is you get a taste of it and it's again that great 
that grayness where they go in and Ezra, a lot of this series is about winning and beating the enemy, you know, and defeating. And like Kanan and Yoda and Ahsoka at different times are all saying, you can't just focus on winning because that's, that's not what really happens in war. That's not, you don't win. You, you just keep surviving. And that's what Kanan says. He's like, you need to survive, not win. You don't beat your enemy. You beat the enemy by living. You know, that's kind of the lessons he's trying to teach Ezra. And Ezra's all about getting vengeance and trying to beat the people and destroy the empire and that kind of thing. And so it's all these themes and they go to Malachor and Ezra's like, oh yeah, we won. And they're like, no, just no one won. Everyone's turned to like ash. And it's this, you know, episode where Ezra gets split and it's about him finding a degree of connection with Maul. Now, I'm going to say it again. The Clone Wars gives you a lot more information about how on earth Maul got there. Because we saw in Solo, a Star Wars story, that Maul was alive. I mean, all of us Clone Wars fans already knew that. But we knew, so all movie watchers know that Maul survived being cut in half in Phantom Menace. If you want to find out how, you have to watch Clone Wars. And I will say it's one of the best episode arcs in Star Wars. But you get to see Maul here and he comes in. Now, Math, did you see, did you, because obviously Maul is in the poster for Star Wars Rebels on Disney+, Plus, which really annoys me. Um, but did you, when Maul was coming into it, did you expect Maul? Did you see him? Like, what was your initial thoughts when you first kind of came across uh, formerly Darth Maul in the form of trying to be old master to Ezra and the kind of reveal for him? I was aware... And I knew what was on Malachor. When the word Malachor got mentioned, I, I thought, I know that. And I was racking my brains. And I think it's mentioned in, um, it's either mentioned in Knights of the Old Republic or it might be even mentioned in Force Unleashed. I think it's I the think, former. I think it's Knights of the Old Republic. It's right. a Legends thing, Because um, I thought, I'd, I'd, I recognise that. But um, I was aware that um, Maul was going to be in this. It was an interesting because at first when you see the is it the eighth brother? Yeah, um, I, I think thought, that's oh, yeah. Is is that who is that going to be more? But he seems to be quite. I, I know he's he lost his legs, <laughs> so. Um, but I'm aware that he, I think he has robot legs or something, um, which it doesn't really seem to show you anything. But then you then meet more and. Again, he's very much kind of, you know, he's already planned out that he's going to use these people to get what he needs. He, he knows he needs another force user to be able to get into the temple. Um, and Ezra's just easy picking. Um, he wouldn't, I don't think Kanan would have worked with Maul, uh, which it works out the fact that, you know, they, they end up with a holocaust. Is it is that a holocron or is that something different with it yeah, being? That's a Sith, Sith holocron. Yeah, so right. you can get Jedi holocrons and Sith holocrons. Because the Jedi ones are, are more square, aren't they? They're a cube. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas that was more like a pyramid. But yeah, it, again, Ezra's always looking for the best in people, and I think that's that's his downfall more than anything else. He's always trying to help. He's always trying to look out for the the little guy. Because he was the little guy. And now that he's able to do something about these things, he's trying to. He's just a bit too forgiving of people. Um, and that. But uh, that, that interaction with, with Maul and Ezra is really good. And the fact that, you know, he, he's. 
when he's starting to teach me, he says, you know, you've got to use the dark side. You've got to use your anger. You've got to do this. Ezra's very easily persuaded that way because there is a side of him there that's out for vengeance. And it's all right being all nicey-nicey, but it's not getting him anywhere. And I think that's frustrating Ezra, and that's why he's kind of, right, well, if I have to use this to get what I want, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and that, But I, I did like the interaction between Ezra and Maul as you go through and then try to think now at what point all of a sudden then Vader comes along, doesn't he, which kind of really messes things up. <laughs> uh, there wasn't really much, but I'm trying to remember what interaction Vader and um, Maul had. They didn't. The, 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 did Maul, he just kind of... Ahsoka, so Ezra went up because Maul told him to go up with the holocron. Yeah. And then Maul blinded Kanan. Yes. Ezra follows... Uh, sorry, Ahsoka follows Ezra because she knows that Vader's coming. And Kanan manages to push Maul off the top of the yeah. uh, the temple. The pyramid. And then he, he escapes in the TIE fighter. Yeah. So yeah. with that, if we pause there for a second, if we pivot to Dave, so your perception of, of Maul before sort of the, the big fighting finale and things like that, but him coming into it, I know obviously you have already knew him, he was coming, but when you originally watched it and you'll watch this time, what was your whole experience of Maul in these episodes? I think I'd already watched Solo. So uh, spoilers for Solo, but he shows up in the end of that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, fuck off. He got chopped in half. That's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, as soon as he shows up, again, it's one of those kind of tropes in cartoons and comics do it as well. That You know, the baddie is fairly obvious. You know, they'll, they'll represent him in a certain way. You know, the fact that he's in this cloak, you know, and, and quite hidden from the light a lot of the time. So it takes a bit of the episode before you actually see that he's kind of, is more. And then um, definitely I, I agree with Math about the the dark side in, in Ezra showing through. And I, I don't know if, I guess they are trying to have some parallels with Anakin. But I don't think they're trying to be that subtle about it as well. They, they're seeing that you know, he, he could be swayed. And and as Maff was talking there, I was thinking, you know what? It's kind of, especially the, the prequels Jedi, right? It's a very privileged position to be in. So you can sit in your fancy tower in Coruscant and just say, oh, you know, turn the other cheek and all that. And you can do all of the right things. Ezra is essentially Aladdin in the Star Wars universe, you know, and he's had a, a rough upbringing. You know, he, he's had to make it on his own. He's had to make difficult choices. He's had to go on the opposite, you know, the, the other side of the law. He's had to steal things to feed himself and whatever. So he kind of has to make decisions that people in that privileged position don't have to make. So it makes sense to me that he would have to wrestle with you know whether the the dark side or the light side is is the right thing and you know maul is quite convincing isn't he despite the almost mustache twirling nature of him you know that you know you're gonna turn you bastard we we know you are um but yeah i, th- I thought it it was interesting and you don't really get the full reveal that he's 
trying to turn him until he announces, you know, he's my apprentice kind of thing. Or, or does he say? Does he say apprentice? I yeah, he does, and then he blinds. Yeah, him. yeah. Um, so yeah, I th- I thought you know that that was his dastardly plan and stuff. So yeah, I think it was okay. I just I struggled to get over the fact that a dude who got chopped in half is now okay. Yeah, and and let's ignore the episode nine <laughs> with the emperor and stuff. But um, yeah, I try and get over it, but I just can't. <laughs> it is one of those things in Star Wars. It's like George Lucas basically killed a character and he regrets doing it. So he brought him back. And it's like, it was pretty final. When you have Qui-Gon who's just stabbed through the stomach and he dies, and then you get Maul who's cut in half and he doesn't. And you're like, um. And falls down an elevator shaft, essentially. <laughs> and you see what happens to him in Clone Wars. And you're like, so did Luke. Well, we Luke fell down a shaft. Yeah, but he had one. He had his little hand cut off. He didn't have his half, his legs gone. He, yeah, uh, but. I mean, there's all those armed. organs all over the place. You know, think about all your stomach and everything. It, it cauterizes the wound, in theory. So, I mean, yeah. you do get to see... I, I do think it's, it's nonsense, but it's also, like, people compare it to Anakin surviving at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where he has, like, no limbs and he's on fire, and he's, like, barely alive. It's like, you shouldn't really, in theory, be able to survive that and being carried all the way and then operated on while you're awake and then in this suit and things. And it's meant to be the argument that... If you have enough will in the dark side of the force, and even if you're like less than an inch from death, if you have enough hate and anger and will, you can survive almost anything. But the state that you're normally left in afterwards is a mess. And we see that with Anakin with Vader. And we also see it in the Clone Wars because, um, yeah, Maul in this is not the same as when we find Maul shortly after the Phantom Menace. Let's put it that way. It's a radically different character but more is actually um, one of my favorite Star Wars characters i've got a i've got and that's the funko from clone wars where he has uh, metal legs as well so maul is is one of my favorites when he came into it as i said I, i'm annoyed at rebels po- uh, marketing for having him in the poster but i love characters that struggle with the dark side i just think it's so much more interesting to me mm. um i i, I love you know we've seen a thousand redemption stories but you don't actually really get to see a fallen hero story very often or done well as often that's one of the reasons i love you know revenge of the sith so much because such a gut punch and with ezra toying with those parts and some of his decisions causing some of the issues that occur is intense but like when you see maul in action you know you see a lot of it in clone wars and there's some stuff in clone wars that you're like how is this allowed in this kids animated show this is brutal um but in this as well when you see him fight the inquisitors he could basically take on all three at the same time and win he like destroys them immediately going straight in and you're like oh yeah i forgot because maul is actually one of the the greatest sword fighters in star wars uh history in the canon at least he's phenomenal it's just that like he beat qui-gon and obi-wan at the same time and then individually the only reason that he lost is because he got cocky about it and so when mm. you see him fight properly with a double-ended blade and see what kind of damage you can do when you're not holding back from the Force, Ahsoka's really the only person who you see in this who could really go tip uh, te- for tat. Oh, my God. Toe-to-toe or tip for tat. Either or both were. I couldn't say either of them. Um, so seeing more in that, you know, I love it. it. It's great. He's such an interesting character, and we get to see more from him. That's not the end of more in Rebels. Um but let's talk a little bit before we get to Vader. Let's talk a little bit about Kanan and Ahsoka here. So Kanan obviously gets blinded. That's one of the big things. And he wears the Jedi Temple mask, which is quite cool. I like that effect. Dave, what have you thought of uh, Kanan and also Ahsoka in this part 
just before we get to the crescendo of Vader. So again, I, I feel like this is kind of the essence of this was born in Luke's hand being cut off. Mm-hmm. You know, you get someone in this sword fight maimed, you know, permanently. And, you know, we'll see later that that does he doesn't just it's not like a, a non-canon type throwaway thing. It's like uh, splash some water on my eyes and it's all OK. No, that's 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 it. You get a light sh- lightsaber shoved in your face. Not going to see again. So um, and it tackles that like, in the next season. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't just bounce back the first episode. It's not like, hey guys, I can't see. Yeah. It doesn't happen <laughs> that way. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was amazing, and I'd kind of forgot that that happened so early. Mm. You know, I, I that took me back a little bit because again, I, I remember going through it all. I remember certain moments clearly, but then there's other bits like when he gets blinded. I, I'd, I'd just forgotten it. It happened so soon, so. Yeah, that that felt like it had a huge amount of weight to it, and uh, you know, I, I like the fact that again, call back to original New Hope, where he's got the the visor on, and he's trying to, you know, figure out fighting without being able to see and stuff. So, putting the mask on and stuff, getting his Zen self, you know, to be able to fight and defeat Maul and stuff. So, I I thought that was fantastic. Math, any uh, thoughts on the Kanan and Ahsoka before get to the yeah, Vader part? It, it, it's funny how lightsabers can either cut through steel doors, but then if it just hits you just on the nose, it stops there and just blinds you and doesn't take his entire head off. To be an apologist, I think the idea is more swiped for him. Kanan at the last second realized and pulled back, and it the edges right. burn him like that. I think because other, otherwise it would have literally, as you say, it would have cut him off from here. Yeah. So I think you saw Kanan react a split second as right. it came, kind of pulled back. So I think it was a kind of, I like to think so anyway. You can just <laughs> MacGuffin it. Or maybe the force it was thrown with, it kind of, yeah, bounced off almost. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, again, the issue I have sometimes with the Jedi is the Jedi are very much kind of, they don't. They don't want to fight or anything, but they do fight. And then, whereas the Sith... Now, I don't know whether this is how Ahsoka is, because she's not a Jedi. She can... Whether she can use for both the dark and the, the light side of the, the Force. You know, I, I hope they explore that with Ezra, because you can't have a light Force without having some dark... If, if you're going to fight these wars, which is where I think Hopefully, Ezra can kind of they can build on that and show the fact that there is a there's a fine line where you have to walk down, you know, and use a bit of both sides. But watching Kane and uh, fight more, you, you know, Kane is sort of brilliant sword fighter. Um, whereas Maul is really good, and Maul could have actually probably taken him out a lot quicker. And you know, it, it seemed like he held back an awful lot. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, with that fight but um, then obviously we, we have Ahsoka fighting and Ahsoka's just I, she's just something else she really is you see that Maul is you know one of these but I think Ahsoka can go toe to toe with anybody now again I don't know the full backstory of her but I, I do see the fact that she's she is she's a force to reckon with um, and then obviously 
there's the bit where Vader does come in and Ahsoka kind of steps up. And again, considering she's fighting against this this immense person, she she really is good. But before that, obviously, you know, we, we mentioned it before with Ezra, when Ezra's not scared of Vader, he steps steps up again. He's trying to do the right thing. He, he's trying to, you know, let's save everybody kind of thing. Um, and considering Vader is so good, it, I think he's toying with Ezra an awful lot. Uh, he destroys his lightsaber, which... That's obviously something that's going to be major in season one because Ezra has no lightsaber now. This is a problem that Disney does have. Um, and I was aware that Kanan was going to get blinded because the there's the image on the Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You can see Kanan's eyes are, gray, are kind of greyed out. So I thought, obviously, something's going to happen there. Same as Ezra's hair's all slicked back. So season three's probably going to, you know... It's going to be like Spider-Man 3. He's going to go all emo. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's it's a shame they don't change as the season goes on different thumbnails. It's just, you know, it, it's same as uh, Sabine, her hair changes colour each, seems change colour each season mm-hmm. and that. But, but yeah, uh, we've, if we're going to go into the Vader thing, Vader is just, once he turns up, you just realise that Things are going to go go sideways very quickly, mm-hmm. um, and if Ahsoka hadn't been there, uh, th- that'd have been end of season two and end of Rebels. Yeah, it, it would have been. It'd be the end of the Jedi at least. It's it's one of those with Vader that I find that although he's obviously an incredible villain in the original trilogy, I find that a lot of the content, like whenever people say more Vader content, I'm always even when he was announced for Obi Wan Kenobi, I was like, I knew you know, I was like, do we really need? more Vader, and then every single time I see him, I'm like, incredible. I'm listening to audiobooks where he's in. I'm listening, I'm, I've am i been listening to Thrawn Alliances, which is about a character called Thrawn, uh, who was made famous in Legends, and it's about him interacting with Vader, and then him, uh, like 15, no, 20 odd years earlier, 15, 20 years earlier, um, interacting with Anakin Skywalker, pre, around the Clone Wars sort of time, and you get to see Thrawn kind of figure out it's the same person, he's the only person who gets to do it, and it's like, this whole dynamic he has with Vader, which is really interesting. And you get to see Vader just be badass in that book. And there's the comics as well, the 2015, 2017, and 2020 comics where you get a taste of his power. But nothing quite does it. Like when you see it in Obi-Wan Kenobi in the village scene in episode three, when he goes and he just kills so many people and he destroys Obi-Wan. And then when you see him in Rebels and when you get to see him in the end of Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, like, there's all these pieces of content that are showing, yeah, he lost, air quotes, he, he, he lost to Luke in episode six, but that's only because Luke was the only person who could make him feel anything other than hatred and fear and anger. So because Luke stripped back some of the dark side power, he could then get bested. And that's essentially my interpretation of how that whole fight works. It's not that Luke is this great, unfathomable fighter. It's it's this taking Vader down because, you know, Luke is nowhere near as good of a fighter as so many other people we've seen face Vader. And it's that's my kind of opinion of that matter. So well, seeing by, him by that time as well, he was also more machine than man. <laughs> I mean, he is also. <laughs> let's not forget he's been Vader for like twenty years at that point, and yeah. he's not that 
he's not probably as strong as he was sort of probably past his prime a little bit yeah i imagine <laughs> especially the amount i can of relate to that <laughs> so it's it's one of those but seeing him in this show is another one of those things where when you get a normal level jedi go against vader you don't win you just survive and that's what season the first, the opening of the season did when anakin when uh, kanan and ezra basically escape and Ezra's like what was that thing he's like we could have maybe beat him and Kane's like you were lucky to survive against that thing you have no idea and then as you said Math, Ahsoka comes into it and Ahsoka is in my opinion she could defeat Obi-Wan she could defeat Yoda she could defeat at this point I think she could defeat relatively anyone uh, oh, oh, oh Yoda Come on, Yoda. Yoda does. Yoda starts going. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't beat Palpatine. Nine hundred years old. He doesn't. Yeah, he's he's nine hundred <laughs> at that point. But like, he doesn't beat Palpatine. He loses to Palpatine. The only person we've seen beat Palpatine is Mace mm. Windu. I don't know if Ahsoka could beat Palpatine. I think Mace could only do that because of his Vapard uh, lightsaber style. But that's a whole other conversation. But Ahsoka is just incredible. And when her fighting with Vader, it's so powerful. It's so cool to watch. The lightsaber colors are amazing. The way it's choreographed. And the dialogue, you know, the I'm no Jedi part, the bit where, you know, Vader's mask comes off and you see Anakin there and you get that voice and you get that emotional moment and it's just like, it's a gut punch. And it's just how it all unravels. So how did you feel about that math, seeing this episode for the first time? We've spoken about all the little pieces. So this episode as a whole, from there to the Vader fight, how was it for you experiencing this element for the first time, even though you've seen similar story beats and other content? I, th- I think... That unfortunately spoiled it a little bit, seeing this in Kenobi. Um, But I feel that this in Rebels hits better. Mm -hmm. Um, Although there's obviously, you know, there's there's a master and apprentice there with uh, Ahsoka and and, and with Vader. It feels more of a, she's wanting to beat him, but, at the same point, there is that kind of, this is my master. She doesn't want to kind of completely destroy him uh, because she still believes there's, there's good in him, which, again, you know, it's that storytelling of where Luke and, and Vader fight and Luke still sees the good in his, you know, you know he knows it's his dad. She, she gets to a point where she realises, no, that this is it. There, there is no more and that and we have to try to take him out and that it, but you feel that fight going along with them, the, th- the fact that, you know, she has to sacrifice herself uh, to be able to kind of save everybody else and take this guy out because otherwise, like you said, this is going to be the end of the Jedi because this guy's just going to wipe everybody out. You know, these Inquisitors that have come along have been hard work for them to take on. This guy here is a whole other level and... You know, like you said, the only person who can probably take him on is Ahsoka. You know, none of the other guys, if they're going to, you know, I know Ezra kind of stands up to him, but Vader's just, you know, it, it, it's a bit of fun for him, really. And that, in, in spoilers for the Jedi uh, Fallen Order, but you meet Vader in there and you have two options there. One, you fight Vader which means you're going to reload and, you know, your previous save because you're going to die. Or option two, which is what you have to do, is you run away because that's the only way to kind of survive. You know, Kanan is so right, the fact that you don't beat him, you survive by getting away from him because this guy is just on a whole other level. 
but the fight between them both. Um, now, I don't know. I've not looked into it, but I did not. It did sound when the music started as them two started to fight a little bit of Duel of the Fates, kind of like there seemed to be a rift of the Duel of the Fates there as them two were starting to fight with each other with the music they were playing in the background. Now, again, I was meant to, it, it's been a bit of a day today. I was meant to try and look into that and re listen to it, but um, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else picked up on that. I mean, it's when I, I mean, Jewel of Fates is my favorite Star Wars anthem, but uh, I, I think there was probably beats of it, but you know, a lot of the Star Wars music sounds a lot like the, the Star Wars music, so it's, it's kind of like it could have done, but it was yeah. the music was epic and incredible. And so, with that, like, Dave, what did you think? Obviously, of, of especially, I mean, have you I've rewatched this, especially part two, I've rewatched this many, many times. I've watched the 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 more. Basically everything from this part. Like I, I've watched this episode several times outside of a rewatch. Have you done that yourself, um, Dave? And also, what was your rewatch experience like on this part? So I, first of all, before I launch into season three, I will be watching these two again. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're they're just so so good. For, uh, there's just so much going on there, but focusing in on on that moment where you get Vader's mask cracked. I think I would say the first time I saw it and I thought, oh, that must be a nightmare, you know, because these guys know each other and, ah. Uh, but then you're on to the to the next thing and, like, Ahsoka makes what seems to be a, a sacrifice, you know, to let everyone get away and the mask completely right. I mean, Vader is a great white shark, you know, and you've got a bleeding limb or something. You've fucked, basically, you know. So just try and get out of there. But um, I have to say, I'm going to sound like one of those smug book readers who are like, oh, the film is nowhere near as good as the book. Having watched Clone Wars, right, gives that scene so much more weight because you have had seven seasons to see that relationship that master and apprentice relationship develop and you sort of put yourself in Ahsoka's position. This is my mentor. This is my coach. This is the person who's given me all that great advice. This is that person that I've looked up to. And I thought, you know, post order 66, I thought was just probably slaughtered with the rest of the Jedi. Whereas this absolute beast, this, this, uh, scourge of the galaxy, is the person I looked up to and worshipped the most. And honestly, it, it hit me so much more uh, or so much harder the second time round watching it. It was it was unbelievable. And like I say, a proper, proper gut punch. But I think having watched those seven seasons of Clone Wars, I think leads you up to that position. So it is a proper gut punch. You could even say He's supposed to be the chosen one. You are like a brother. Oh, you're like a father. <laughs> yeah. She should probably say. Again, <laughs> it's it's a similarities between so many different things where they're able to kind of again retell the story, but in a better way. And that you know, so it's got them beats of Star Wars that keep you coming back because it it's that you know. That fight between uh, Anakin and, and and Obi Wan, you know, although the 
you know, some people say them first three aren't the best, which they're so so. They've retold it in Kenobi, but they've retold it here as well. And that, and that again, I think it's told a lot better here than that, the previous two. But the, there is that kind of she, she sees the fact that he he is the mentor, he is the guy that should be kind of you know leading all these Jedi the right way, and he's just fallen so far. And, and she realizes the only way to kind of, you know, deal with this is to make that sacrifice and and try to take him out. Yeah, I agree. It's it's one of those that uh, I would encourage anyone, even though the order I believe should be Rebels than Clone Wars chronologically. Clone Wars is first, and I think the scene would mean more if you see Clone Wars first. But equally, I think it also it makes Clone Wars better in a lot of ways. It makes you kind of want to know how they got there. And then what I recommend to all people is yeah, Rebels, Clone Wars. Tells the Jedi and stuff, but after you finish Clone Wars Series Seven, um, just you watch this episode again, this two-parter, and as Dave said, it, it means so much more and there's so much more weight to it. And there's a few episodes of Rebels that I have rewatched specifically. Uh, there's one in Series Three, and there's one or two in Series Four, like just episodes that by themselves are just phenomenal. And so this is one of them. And this is just I can't tell people why Rebels is amazing. Because I, can't, I don't want to just be like, oh yeah, Rebels is amazing because Ahsoka fights Vader and then Maul comes into it and blinds Kanan. Like, that would just ruin everything. But it's like, this episode is a combination of everything from Clone Wars and a lot of Rebels kind of meshing together. And then from this point on, we get to see what happened because of this. You know, Maul's still running around. Kanan's now blinded. You know, what's happened to Ahsoka? And you get to find out what the more threats are as we get nearer to Rogue One territory, as we get nearer to A New Hope. And, you know, there's some threads, there's some content, you know, Rogue One, A New Hope. There are connective threads that come up. There's more surprises and incredible things that come up uh, as Rebels goes on. And I'm just, I'm so excited to be able to watch this as well, again, because I just love rebels um as people can tell because i was gone about it and then I, I won't be able to whinge i won't be able to say not enough people watch it again when i when we finish <laughs> this i have to move on to moaning about something else that people aren't watching um but is there i think we've tackled relatively every element of this um i had a bit of information about lightsabers but i'm not going to delve into that because i'll be here forever um but is there anything else that we have not yet tackled that we want to say as we start to wrap this up dave you first good sir I just want to say it's it's been great to listen to Math kind of wax lyrical about you know how good it is and like the similar scenes that they stole in Kenobi, but it was done better here. I, and, and I absolutely think that's right. And I I thought, oh, we've got him here. <laughs> <laughs> he not only wants to watch season three soon, but wants to watch the Clone Wars as well. And and that is, uh, I, I think, if someone dedicates the time to watch. You know, and obviously you got to be a Star Wars fan, but if you if you are, and going back watching Rebels season one and then season two, just for me is is a level up from uh, from where you started. In to as an old bloke watching it anyway, and so yeah, it's just been really good, and I feel like. This, this was the same when we did our season one recap. I feel like we just kind of skimmed the surface of 20-odd uh, episodes, but um, it's been a great chat. The thing is, we haven't mentioned, like, the B-Wing, you know. I mean... Oh, yeah. You know, that was something awesome. <laughs> and that, But there, there is so many... Like, 
once they're not throwaway episodes, but they're them little episodes where they, you know, in season one there was one with the uh, where Hera and um, Sabine go onto the the planet and they find them strange little creatures. I um, can't remember what they're called, but then no, that comes comes back further and Ezra calls the big mama to to, to take out the Grand Inquisitor or to deal with him for the for that time. There's so many little things in here. I mean, we've not even mentioned Princess Leia and mm. that she's, you know, sneaky, sneaky, isn't she? Um, and that. Uh, clever. Lando. You know, again, it, it shows how clever Leia is. You know, mm. she's she's obviously working on the Rebel Alliance side and I can't remember exactly what it was, but having the, the ship stolen from an imperial planet i think it was and and it was like oh yeah yeah that that makes sense so again just something that it, it's the adults watching that would pick up on that you know she's thinking politically and she's almost thinking three-dimensionally because she's playing this high stakes game that you know if she gets caught she'll be held for treason so i i thought even though it was a minor cameo i thought that layer episode was was great it really showed the person she becomes in a new hope would you say at one point because obviously when it all goes kind of you know well they steal the ships and then she's left with the uh the admiral who's in charge of the, of the captain who's in charge she kind of says you know and you're going to give me your ship do you think there's a bit of jedi mind tricks there or is she just being you know commanding to him i think and she's that- more being commanding i think that the Jedi stuff is nice to think about, but unfortunately, Leia doesn't really show much aptitude for it. In the comics, there's a smidge. There's a tiny, mm. tiny amount of it. Um, but it's more so, I think, just how sort of Dave was saying, like, she's so clever. She's so... she know, She's been growing up... In, she's grown up in politics. She was taught by, you know, Bale and Breha Organa. Obviously, we saw her in Kenobi as well when she was young. She's very switched on when she was young. Um, and I really liked her in Kenobi, to be honest with you. I just thought it takes away dramatic tension because you know she's f- going to be fine. Um, but more Leia content, I find. Like, there's there's a book called Leia, Princess of Alderaan, written by um, Claudia Gray, uh, which I have over here um and it's it's a great book it's it's loads of fun and it, it was one of the things of learning about her kind of delve into the rebellion more and getting to see how she has to start maneuvering when she realizes those things out those elements of what we saw with leia here again with what dave said earlier it links with what andor is like because mon mothma is playing that game but mon mothma's been in the game a lot longer and she's a lot older and she's got a lot more attention on her than you know a senator's daughter and this show very very in this series less so but you get to see some of the political maneuvering as you kind of go along so i want to ask about what are you expecting or even hoping for uh in season three of star wars rebels um Ezra's going to have to make a new lightsaber. Mm. Um, now, is he going to calibrate it so he has the gun again still or not? But again, thank you, Disney, but you spoiled it because I, I do believe that he has a certain colored lightsaber. I won't say in case anyone is watching along like we, like I am. But, you know, it, it's a bit spoiled there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Kanan kind of deals with the fact that he's been blinded. Um, I don't expect him to become, you know, Matt Murdock huh. and that. But there again, 
he's going to have to find a way to kind of work this round and going to have to lean on other people more, which that seems to be Kanan's downfall. He doesn't like to kind of depend on other people. Um, again, I'd like to see a bit more of Zeb. Um, we know there's a, a place where his people have gone to now. Um, so maybe they'll delve into that. Sabine, it's strange because, you see, we meet some Mandalorians in this, but then, again, she's a bit of a mystery because although uh, Kestra, uh, again, when she turns up in, oh, it's the one with Hera's father in, kind of coming around, shooting around um, and that, she, she just kind of does that kind of, hi, I'm here to save the day. And that, uh, but again, maybe they'll delve into that relationship a bit more. Maybe she'll appear a bit more. So I'd like to see more of the other characters. I do feel that it's worked well to kind of focus so much on Ezra and Kanan, because to be fair, they're the focal point uh, to kind of, because, well, Ezra's the focal point really to kind of take us along this, this journey. Uh, but I would like to see a little bit more of the others. Again, season three is a 22 episode, uh, and then I know season four is 15. Um, so, I mean, I think the downside I, I see, I know there's only two more seasons, and I feel there's so much more that still to explore. You know, the Purgle, and I'd like to know a bit more there. Um, the fact that they kind of, are able to, you know, jump space just because they can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but again, my, my first experience of the Purgle was in uh, Mandalorian when you see them kind of going along. It's like, what are they? And I know it got mentioned on uh, the Mandalorian show, but then obviously getting to see them a lot more here. Again, it, They've answered questions and they've given us even more to kind of ponder now and hope to see, you know, and, you know, whatever we're going to get in the second, in, in sorry, in the third season. And that I just can't wait for, which I probably won't start tonight because it's getting a bit late, but um, probably this weekend I'll be watching season three and going, right, when are we recording the next episode? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with with Sabine, uh, there is we do touch on Mandalorian culture. You get to see the planet of Concord Dawn that's like split apart and destroyed, and it looks insane. And you get to see Fen Rao and him being like a Mandalorian, but they're working for the Imperials and things. And that that just touched. That was like a tease again, a little a little tease. I will say I can't remember specifically if it's series three or series four, but one of the series very much focuses on Mandalorian culture. Um. So. Is Bo-Katan in this, or is she just in Clone Wars? Uh, well, if you watch, you'll find out, won't you? <laughs> Let's just say, from Clone Wars, something happens with her, and then something happens with her Mandalorian. And so right. there's some space in the middle, but how much or her little, if any, that that happens, I, can't, I wouldn't be able to confirm. You know, when you get when you finish the last episode of Star Wars Rebels... You'll be like, you know what? It's done a nice little, neat little bow. You'll be like, every question that you're asking in series one and series two, and probably in the next one, series three, and you'll be like, I wonder what about this, and I wonder about this, I wonder about this. Pretty much everything you're going to question right. is going to be answered in some fashion. 
if not, you'll be able to answer it anyway. To me. Yeah, but there's also seven <laughs> series of Clone Wars to watch as well on top of that. So that might have some of the answers that you seek. Um, but is there anything... I mean, you mentioned Lando. Lando's episode was great. Loved seeing Lando. And it was Billy D. Williams again. You know, fantastic. I love him and everything he does. Um, and yeah, I think the only other thing is a little bit of touching on is um Kanan and Hera. I really like their relationship. It gets a bit more strained, but you get to see nice parts. And I really like the Kanan acts really weird around Hera's dad to begin with when uh, Chan Sadula's there. And Ezra's <laughs> like, why are you acting so weird? And no one gets it, but you're kind of weird. You're being weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you kind of, especially at the end, before he leaves for Malachor, you see them hug and look into the sunset and things. And you get this kind of the family dynamic. They're like the parents and their adopted kids and stuff. You get that. And once again, more things get explored. So very excited for series three. Any last things before we plug um, anything at all? Um, just coming back to what Math was saying about Kanan, I feel like he's still a believable character. I think Matthew was saying he, he kind of goes all petulant and stuff. But I see Kanan as being that reluctant Mentor. Uh, master. Mentor, yeah. So he didn't ask for this. So basically, when Order 66 happened, he was a kid. He's, you know, everything that he's been brought up to believe was suddenly wiped out. He's kind of been on the, the run, pretty much, and hiding who he is. And he feels like he's forced into this mentor role. So I kind of, that's how I was interpreting it, that, you know, he's kind of rebelling against it, but then he's almost getting angry because I feel like Ezra is is stronger with the force, you know, but he feels like a responsibility and it's a weight of responsibility that if he doesn't impart all of his knowledge onto Ezra, he's going to get himself killed. You know, because how how do you recover from something like Order Six Six? I, I don't think you ever do. But um, I, that was a serious point. And then I think the the less serious point was, I love the fact that I, I said I don't like Hondo. He's he's a bit of a chancer. But I'm going to be a hypocrite now and say I like the fact that Ezra is a bit of a chancer because he keeps throwing different names. So you know, when people ask who he is, it's like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> you know? and so i i appreciate that and, you know when he fools someone and they're referring to him as jabba the hut i mean again that is that is an inside joke for all of us isn't it I, but i like it that it says about his character that he so quickly you know will fall into that chancer kind of mode and just, you know, I'm not going to tell him my real name or I'll give him a yeah. false name. And it's also, it's not unbelievable that he wouldn't know about Jabba because Jabba's the most famous hut. He's 600 years old. He's a crime lord that operates on the outer yeah. rim. And that's, you know, Lothal is a, a desert-y planet on the outer rim. So it, it makes sense that he would have, in theory, heard of rumors of the gangster Jabba the Hutt as well. So it's like, it works both as a little nod to the audience. Obviously, is that's what it primarily is. But in-universe, it works as well. And you know you get an, you get an episode mm. here about where Ezra learns his parents are actually gone, and that's like a really brutal episode again for a kids show. It's just like him was, like, for the last like, five yeah, minutes, yeah. Missy's he's moping around, understandably because it's horrendous. But it's just like this is a lot for a kids show to about like loss, the death of both of your parents. It's not a Pixar movie. Um, <laughs> but it's it's it, there's just some emotional beats. Well, yeah, I know. Disney it's now, being, isn't it? I think so. when this was being made was when the takeover started <laughs> to happen. So it was kind of one of the first pieces of 
under the banner of Disney content, but it's still got a lot of the veins of Clone Wars because of Filoni and the other uh, members of the team. But yeah, I loved love series two. I love the stuff that it's touched. You know, Chopper's amazing as he always is. Um, he's a massive dick, um, but it's great. With the, with the like, he's basically he's R two D two on cocaine. <laughs> Chopper, isn't he? I love it. It's great. It's, it's such a fun, uh, <laughs> such a fun thing. And we got to see another little R two and three P cameo because of uh, Leia that episode as well. Um, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably wrap up unless the final thoughts. Or anything else to add, Math? You're looking at your notes. Um, we tackle. I know everything. you didn't really want to get into it, so I, I, I was just going to say the, the the bit where Ken and there's a cross guard, uh, one of the lightsabers that uh, is shown on there. There's a cross guard lightsaber, which uh, obviously we get in, or you, if you play the games, uh, Jedi um, Survivor, you can see it in there. But also, um, that's for Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren uses, um, but yeah, it, I, I did feel the same as what Dave said. Um, it felt very Matrix, that kind of the room that there was there was fighting in yeah uh, but all in all i mean the season it it's got better than previous season and you know i'm gonna hold my expectations a little bit but if season three is better and season four is better then you know as i say i can't wait to start them mm-hmm. well this i've got this little book here which is the little book of lightsabers mini book of lightsabers it's great um it's got loads of different lightsabers in here one of them is actually that ancient crossguard lightsaber that he picks up and it gives you a little bit of like bio information on it. And it's got, this has got everyone's lightsabers in there. Um, and it's even got some High Republic stuff. It's got the variety of lightsabers that like, you know, Anakin had one in episode one and then it had a different one from episode two. Um, and well, sorry, from episode two and then episode three. It's got both of Obi-Wan's lightsabers. It's got uh, Ezra's lightsabers, Ahsoka's, loads of really cool stuff in there. So that just made me think of, because you mentioned the ancient cross guard. And I loved, I love seeing that, any old lore. But. This is where we shall end it. We'll do some plugs and things. But yeah, I just, I loved this. It was, it was so much fun rewatching. Can't wait for series three. Can't wait for series four. And it's just making me all the more excited for Ahsoka as well. Uh, so, Math, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at MathUK78. Uh, that, that's kind of it. I just pop up on shows every once in a while. Um, hopefully, I might get invited to go do an Ahsoka show. Uh, well yeah if you finish if you're a good boy and you finish your homework and finish (laughs) series four of rebels by the time uh, ahsoka comes out then yeah of course i will do i will do i promise (laughs) and uh dave i mean you're up to a lot of different things but tell people where they can find you and stuff that you're doing at the moment yeah so i i'll just say first i also can't wait to get into episode oh, oh sorry season three uh, but also getting a bit emotional just even thinking about it. So um, so almost want to hold off on it as well. Um, so, yeah, you can get me at Seattle Dojos on Twitter. You can also get me on uh, the VHS Strikes Back podcast and also Chris and Dave's reality TV cast, where we will not be doing a daily Love Island podcast, but um, we'll, we'll figure something different out about that. And we keep threatening, Chris and I keep threatening to to come back and do some TV and movie reviews for Comics in Motion. Um, we, we've been talking about doing Shazam and um, Guardians of the Galaxy and 3, which... Spoiler God, alert! Is, is amazing. The Flash is Eternals, out, of course. Uh, Spider-Man yeah. Across the Spider-Verse. You guys have got enough content flash, now that you're yeah. going to be able to do months of podcasts. My God, uh, 
I think that was the problem, though. I mean, it, it essentially with all of the content killed us off because um, it's yeah, like how you're doing you daily Love Island up, episodes. But, no, there's, there's tons of stuff <laughs> that also. Um, I was saying before we started that we're doing ten episodes a week of that. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> But we won't be doing that. But at some point, we will make our, our re-comeback on Comics in Motion think, as well. I think your so, comeback has to be Eternals yeah. or Hitmonkey. I don't know if you're going to get Chris to watch Hitmonkey. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas getting into a film is a lot easier, I think. <laughs> this is Chris's. Yes, I am definitely going to watch this. I, I do like the seen Eternals, though, on that one. I think he's seen it now. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to get him to watch he it has. again. Though, and I think that you have to watch it again to do the review on it. It's like I want to rewatch I, it, but even though I didn't like it's it, slightly better the second time. I actually want to. It's not good. I actually want to get him to watch. It, it, also, oh, it's sorry, not go ahead, good, man. but it is slightly better the second time. I would say it's just so long to invest. I don't. I don't see. It feels to me like a, a DC movie that's mm. placed in the MCU. I, I, I honestly didn't think it was that as bad yeah, as it got slated for being. And um, I, I think Iron Man two right got absolutely panned at the time. You go back now and watch Iron Man two, and you'll see so many of the seeds that bear fruit later on. Um, I, I think I'm hopeful because we've not seen them yet, but I'm hopeful uh, the seeds that are planted in Eternals will bear fruit later on. Because we've got a big fucking Eternal sticking out the, uh, no one out of the ground, don't we? But um, no, what, what I actually do want to get Chris to watch for comics is Dr. Mordred, which is like a, a 90s Doctor Strange ripoff. Um which is horrendous, but I, I kind of, I think that would, that you might have be to the start comeback, taking but we'll the reality we'll cast see. hostage. You have to be like, look, I'm only doing these episodes of this. Yeah. If you watch <laughs> for every random reality show you watch, you have to be like, right, you have to then watch one Marvel movie and we do one Marvel podcast. That is what the deal has yeah. to be going forward. Cause there's quite a few that you haven't done yet. And we've got more coming, more coming. So, so, I, I, not not to dwell on this point, right? But I think we've also had that same hangover that the Globe has had with the MCU, right? So, Endgame was such a build-up and such a crescendo. It's almost like you're coming down the other end of the bell curve. Then it's like, how the hell do you follow that up? And and seems to be well, not trying, very well. It feels like the time. To However, re- reboot, what I would there. say is. In a way, well, just I, I always say, right? People can be fans of it or not, but there has never been in cinema twenty-two coherent movies that all are connected and all build up to the same thing. I love the X Men; they are my first love and my forever love. But the trilogy, the first trilogy of those movies, couldn't even keep continuity <laughs> with themselves. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's awful um, in terms of continuity, and then they tried to correct it and then fucked it up again. But but anyway, so to have twenty two movies that all led to something that were all connected that didn't reboot, we didn't have six different Batman's. The the you know this was one thing, broadly the same actors, not totally. It, it was something that cinema had never done before. So how the hell do you follow that up? And so 
I, I just think that they were onto a loser, whatever they did. And I think actually focusing on some standalone movies, I mean, if you think about it, like the the Spider-Man movie, where you've got all the, the, the different Spider, you know, got Tobey Maguire, you got Andrew Garfield turning up, fuck a doodle do. I get goosebumps now just thinking about when uh, Andrew Garfield turns up in particular. So we've had some really good movies, but we've also had some disappointments, but also because people revise, you know, they're revisionists. Once you got to Infinity War and Endgame, you think, oh, fucking Thor 2, no. that was great, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't really. <laughs> you know, but we didn't have the expectations back then. So, yeah, I, th- I think at some point we'll get over our hangover. Yeah, I mean, I've just, just got another one, Ant-Man 3. Says, that, you know, Thor 4, Ant-Man 3. Um, wait, did you do one on four, Thor 4? Yeah, <laughs> Thor four, Ant Man three. No, no. Uh, Again, I, I I didn't hate those movies, but I know there's there's. I've not liked a lot every of, MCU uh, film I've seen there. so far. <laughs> Eternals was my least favorite of the newest phase, um, but I've enjoyed them. But we're not talking about that. Funny enough, this is actually a Star Wars podcast. Um, Star Wars <laughs> Rebels, in fact. Um, so I'll wrap this up. Disney, it it's all Disney it's all connected, isn't it? shared it's universe. All um, but a Star Wars one isn't <laughs> chronological, so you can just dip in and out wherever you want. It's one of my favorite bits about it. People are like, there's so much Star Wars content. It's like you don't have to start anywhere. You you can just start with Rebels. You could start with Clone Wars. You can start Mandalorian. I don't care. You know, just whatever you want. But friend, you can find me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. You can support me on Patreon if you desire. You can support me on Coffee as well if you want to do a little one-off donation. And if you want to do that, I'll send you a couple episodes of Afterthoughts as well uh, as a little thank you. Um, but yeah, support me on Patreon. You get access to every single episode of Afterthoughts, including Star Wars Legends book reviews, lots of stuff with myself and Megan watching TV series and fun things there. We've done Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2, and 3. Did a rewatch of that recently. Uh, lots of cool things over there. But you can support this show subscribe on youtube at youtube.com slash genuine chit chat share the show with your friends uh, rate and review you know subscribe to comics in motion it's all good fun stuff uh, but friends thank you so much for listening please tell us what you thought of rebels reviewed uh, our episode as well as your review of styles rebels series 2 tell us if you're watching series 3 you're going to delve into that with us uh, and we'll re- rejoice in about a month's time uh, for that specific series math is chomping at the bit to be able to watch those and then me and dave will probably watch a couple forget about it and then binge <laughs> several episodes a couple weeks before on mass been waiting there for like weeks for us to get it done uh, but friends thank you so much thank you to dave and math for taking up two hours of the evening to chat star wars i always love it and i'm so happy i could get uh, especially you math i know you got you into it dave a little while ago but now i've got math into rebels makes me so happy so friends Thank you again, and as always, may the Force be with you.